This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of this podcast that takes a look back at some of Bakersfield's most notorious crimes, events, and characters. It's Woolworth's Stereo Spectacular 71, a fantastic once-a-year sale of albums, LPs, tapes, everything in stereo, unbelievably low-priced. Woolworth's Stereo Spectacular has top stereo LPs, the biggest hits just off the charts for only $1.57. Famous labels, favorite stars, Herb Alpert, Petula Clark, The Association, Canned Heat, many more for only $1.57. And another fabulous group of LPs on sale for just 87 cents. Jack Jones, The Beach Boys, Guess Who, and more. And for children, the original cast album of Sesame Street, only 87 cents. Woolworth Stereo Spectacular has big savings on eight-track stereo cartridges. Dionne Warwick, Lou Rawls, Glenn Campbell, Blind Faith, many more for only $2.99. Supplies are limited, so hurry over and save during Woolworth Stereo Spectacular 71. Thank you for shopping, Woolworth. It's the fun place to shop. Hey, changing gears for this episode a little bit. That 1971 Woolworth commercial it should give you a clue to the topic of this week's episode. The Woolworths building in downtown Bakersfield. And I never know if it's Woolworths or Woolworth. Or, so anyways, I'm going to go back and forth to both those. So back about a year and a half ago, I was at the lunch counter at Woolworths and I saw David Anderson from Moneywise, the um, wealth management company here in Bakersfield. And I saw him and he looked like he was on official business. He had a legal pad, so it looked like he was working. And I went in and I told my family, I said, Something, something's up with this building. I'm, I just know it. And uh, sure enough, um, David Anderson and his partners at uh, MoneyWise are the uh, new owners of that building, the Woolworth building on 19th and K Street. So ever since the public became aware that the building was changing ownership, there's been a lot of rumors and speculation about the building's future. I interviewed David Anderson, one of the new owners of that piece of real estate on 19th and K Streets, to get a better understanding of this iconic structure in downtown Bakersfield. This is the Woolworth Building. Frank Winfield Woolworth opened his first Woolworth store in Utica, New York, and Lancaster, Pennsylvania in 1879. Woolworth broke retail traditions by offering only merchandise for five cents or less. Thanks to inflation, that price point was expanded to 10 cents or less. That's how these stores and their competitors became known as five and dimes. Another retail tradition broken by Woolworths was the concept of self-service. At one time, it was typical for customers to be waited on at a counter by a sales clerk. The merchandise was stored behind a counter or a display case, and the customer would tell the clerk what they wanted, and the clerk would go get that item. Not at Woolworths. Their product was on display on the sales floor. 
Customers were free to peruse through the merchandise at their leisure, something that retailers just didn't do back then. Through a series of mergers and acquisitions, F.W. Woolworth became one of the largest retailers in the United States. Woolworth's presence in Bakersfield can be dated back to 1911. After serving the citizens of Bakersfield for 38 years, the retail giant opened a new store in a brand new building at 19th and K Street in downtown Bakersfield. Woolworths operated out of this location for almost another 50 years. They closed their doors in 1997 when the company shut down all of their stores. When Woolworths went out of business, Mark and Linda Sheffield purchased the building. For the next 25 years, an antique mall operated out of there. Oh, and they revered lunch counter. When word began to spread throughout Bakersfield that new owners were taking over, Bakersfield residents were panicked about the possibility the lunch counter may be closing. Here's David Anderson, one of the new owners of the Woolworths building, talking about the building's history, legacy, and most importantly, its future in our community. So we purchased it back in the end of 2021. Uh, 2022 is when kind of uh, most people started hearing about hearing about the purchase and it was announced. We we had been looking for a home for money wise first and foremost, and we are lovers of the city of Bakersfield. We love supporting the city, and particularly we love downtown and we love the revitalization that, that's going on downtown. And you know, if you look. At great cities across the U.S., you don't find one that doesn't have a vibrant downtown. And so we were interested in investing in downtown. And then we heard uh, through a contact that, hey, the Woolworth building is, is going to be listed for sale. And we were immediately interested because it it checked off those boxes. It was downtown. It could it could house money wise, but also the history of the building was so intriguing. We were already fans of the lunch counter. We were already fans of the building. And so it just seemed like, you know, Christmas really to have the opportunity to own it. So we were interested right when we heard. Uh, and, you know, really from the beginning, we were excited for all those reasons. 1997 is when Woolworths went out of business. And uh, they had at one point, around 4,000 stores in the U.S. They were they were the largest retailer in the world. You, you look at Woolworths, and they were the Amazon uh, of, of their day in that they were innovating retail. You know, they started as a five and dime in the 1800s, uh, and they were really the first retailer to bring the goods out front where people could handle those. You know, before you would go ask the attendant, and they would go behind, and they'd bring out the item. And uh, they really revolutionized that. And then on top of that, they added the lunch counter, which many retailers after kind of copied that Crest, for example, which is right across the street from Woolworths. They kind of copied that. They put AC in their buildings, uh, elevators, which the, the building in Bakersfield had. Uh, there, there was a Woolworths in Bakersfield prior to the current building, but it was raised and then rebuilt and it was this modern, very modern building built in the Art Modern style. It was finished in 1949. And since then, it has served our, our, our community in a few different iterations. 
The building's history and significance to our community isn't lost to the new owners. They're working on de designating it an historic building with the National Park Service. There's There's been a little plaque on there that local group uh, recognized it as a historic building. But we don't have, we only have four or five buildings in Bakersfield that are on the National Registry. And one of the reasons for that is that there are some constraints. You know, you can't do what you, everything that you want to do. You have, it has to be approved. The reason we went this route is we thought that it was important for this building. And I'll, I'll give you an example. It, this building cost $500,000 to build in 1949. If you adjust for inflation with the same materials, it would cost just to build that building five to six million dollars. Nobody would ever build this building again in this way that they can do it more cheaper, more efficiently. You will ne we'll never if this building isn't kept at the historic elements haven't kept it's lost forever. And so, of course, the lunch counter stain that that's the thing that everyone recognizes. But so many other elements are as well. The signage, the storefront, as much as we can, the terrazzo flooring, uh, Get, getting it on that registry really assures that those historic elements are going to be respected. And we know how important it is for the community. They've been very vocal about it. They want it to be respected. And so that's why we made that decision to move forward and do it. There are, are buildings throughout the U.S. Most of them have been completely converted into something else, and you wouldn't even know it used to be a retail space. You might see some signage. I, any city I go to, I always like Google old Woolworth building, and, and I, I go check it out. Because one of the cool things about Woolworth is, you know, they were really, they revolutionized the marketing of this. The, the signage that people are aware of uh, on the building, that, that gold with the red backing, you know, they made that standard in all of their buildings. The terrazzo floor, uh, that was all like Woolworth stamped. So whenever you're in a town where a building still exists, you can usually see those things. And in fact, one interesting thing, a lot of people are familiar in that lunch counter with the black and white checkered floor. Uh, that's been the most recent iteration. That's not original. Uh, that, that was put in there in the 90s. And when we bought the building... We found on the on the second floor in like a, a equipment room, we found the original blueprints and they're all blue. And on those blueprints, it said that there was terrazzo flooring on the first floor in the basement. And we didn't know because there was carpet over it, that black and white checker. And so we took the carpet off and the terrazzo floor is in perfect shape. And so we're removing the carpet, removing that checkered floor to expose the original terrazzo. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. W one thing, the signs on the windows above the entrances, the white, the real colorful signs that say luncheonette, you know, come in. They're, they're kind of iconic. People always reference those signs. Those aren't original either. Those were added in the 60s. And I'll, I'll say this. This is one area where I think the community influenced our, our decision. Initially, the plan was to take those out. And that's because on the original plans, it didn't have those. It had glass with etching really nice that said Woolworths. But they have people now identify so much with that, the signage that's there that we thought if we take those out, they're going to think, you know, we've taken a piece of history away. And so ultimately decided to, to keep those, those signs in for that reason. We were so lucky that the Sheffields bought the building when Woolworths went out of business because they didn't do anything to the building. 
you know, and so many times, you know, someone buys it and then they, you know, they don't respect the history of it and they just tear it apart. That's what's happened in the U.S. That's why there aren't any original lunch counters in operation. They just, they've torn them all out. It's not like there was a law saying you couldn't keep a lunch counter. And, and uh, the Sheffields, they really honored the history of that building. So when you walk through it, it is as it was in 1949. Uh, and it is changing because we're rebuilding, but it's, it's, it's just so amazing to have this piece of history that it is really feels like you're going back in time when you go in there. It's so special. Jeremy Trammell, who, who managed, operated the lunch counter for years, he retired when, when the Sheffield sold the building, they operated the antique store and Jeremy operated the lunch counter. They, they all re- retired. Linda was like, I don't want to run the, the antique store. So they closed that down. That's why the building w- was available. But, um, we, we initially, you know, tried to get, you know, Jer- Jeremy to stay and he was retiring, but the burger, uh, menu was relatively new. Actually, if you look back at the historic menus of Woolworths, you'll see kind of a wide variety of, of menu items. And one thing that we want to do is, Number one, continue with the hits, the burgers that, that people loved, and then add some of the old, older menu items to be even more true to the history of, of that lunch counter. We're trying to any historical element of the building. We're trying to highlight it as opposed to, uh, you know, shrouding it up in something new. I asked David, what can we expect when this project is completed? So one of the interesting parts of this is is when we bought when we bought the building again we knew that we wanted money wise to be there but that 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 was it uh, and so we went about for about a year planning each floor of the building and so and so what the plan is and I'll start at the basement there are four floors which include the basement the basement will be a music venue uh, music is going to be a big part of the building in part because that's a huge legacy in Bakersfield. We have this amazing musical legacy that we have to some degree sh- strayed away from, and we want to do our part to bring that back and to revitalize it. So you're going to have the music venue in the basement with a recording studio and some practice rooms on the first floor, which has the famed lunch counter, which is will be the last remaining original lunch counter in operation. That will be open again. It's only closed because of the reconstruction. A lot of people, for some reason, have believed that we're taking the lunch counter out. We're absolutely not. Uh, that's one of the main reasons why, why we got the building. So you'll have the lunch counter. It will be expanded just a little bit, the seating. Uh, have some more options up there on the first floor, some other retail spaces. There will be a music store on the first floor uh, as well. So it'll be a very active space. We feel like the, the Woolworth building, in, in a sense, is kind of owned by the town. Everyone has always been able to enter it, see the building, and we don't want to take that away. So we expect a lot of energy, a lot of action happening there on the first floor. On the second floor, it's going to be the money wise offices and the third floor will be uh residences four different residences on the on the fourth floor or third floor i'm sorry i wanted david to expand on his vision for the music venue and what we can expect from that Live performance, it will be a stage and there'll be a small bar down there with, with beer and wine. It won't be like a bar bar. We really want to highlight the music. So this will be a venue. Uh, it will seat about a hundred standing room. It will be cl- around 300, maybe a little bit more than that. And we'll have acts coming from out of town into Bakersfield. And more importantly, 
highlighting acts here in Bakersfield. We want to give them a stage that's high quality. The sound is good. You can plug and play where bands here locally aspire to play at that. So we, we want it to be accessible to the town while also uh, bringing some acts in. And we think, even though you know it doesn't seat that many, because of the historic nature of the building, as well as Bakersfield's musical heritage, that we'll be able to punch above our weight class a little bit in terms of who we could draw to a venue like that. I think it will be exciting for Bakersfield. Something I've heard a lot about is the uh, timeline for this project and the speculation. Just when we can expect this project to be completed. Here's what David has to say about that. One of the reasons why this is taking a little while, number one, it's a huge project. And these things just don't don't happen overnight. And I know a lot of people are like, well, what's happening? We're also getting it listed on the National Registry of Historic Places. And that and everything has to be approved be, before you do anything. And we have just started securing the storefront and pulling the permits. Uh, construction should start in a couple months, and it should last about 14 months. So we're looking at the end of the summer of 2024. We're hoping for it to be completed and then to be open to the public. Anyone who's done projects like this, especially big projects, you know that there can be delays. There are lots of things that are out of our control. But from from our perspective, there's really nothing holding us back. We're, we're going to push it as long as possible. If it went a little longer than that, it wouldn't sh- shock me. But I, I, I'm hopeful that that will be close to when, when it'll be finished. And David wants to reiterate to Bakersfield residents that the lunch counter will be back. It was an integral part in making their decision to buy the building. Listen, you know, there's been so much confusion about it. You know, we hear so many times, oh, they're taking out the lunch counter. You know, so I'm, I'm glad that we get a chance to remind people that, hey, we're not taking out that lunch counter. <laughs> we're, in fact, if we, if we were going to buy the building and they said you can't have a lunch counter, we probably would have looked elsewhere. You know, it was, it was one of the biggest reasons why we were interested in the building. If there's one thing the citizens of Bakersfield can agree on, don't mess with our food. Don't be taking our lunch counter. We'll fight you. (laughs) So thank you, David Anderson, for taking the time to give Notorious Bakersfield listeners some insight into one of Bakersfield's most notorious buildings, the Woolworths Building. I'm looking forward to seeing the finished project in the summer of 2024, and you'll probably be able to find me at the lunch counter, eating a greasy cheeseburger. If you'd like to follow the progress of this project, there's an Instagram page just for that. Search for Historic Woolworths on Instagram. They give updates and upload pictures so you can keep abreast of what's happening to this building. Historic Woolworths with an S on Instagram. This is Robert Peterson. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another Notorious Bakersfield story. Stay safe. Stay out of trouble. Don't become a future episode of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. Have a good week.